You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. You're listening to the Pennsylvania Woodsman, powered by Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network. This show is driven to provide relatable hunting and outdoor content in the Keystone State and surrounding Northeast. On this show, you'll hear an array of perspectives from biologists and industry professionals to average Joes with a lifetime of knowledge. All centered around values aiming to be better outdoorsmen and women. Both in the field as well as home and daily life. No clicks, no self-interest, just the light in the pursuit of creation. And now, your host, the pride of Pennsylvania, the man who shoots straight and won't steer you wrong, Johnny Appleseed himself, Mitchell Shirk. Mitchell Shirk. Mitchell Shirk. Mitchell Shirk. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for tuning in to another episode. I am coming off of quite the weekend here, so... Uh, for those of you that got out for opening day, I hope you had a wonderful opening day. hope it was uh, eventful, uh, sight, sightings, uh, successful in any way, shape, or form. I will tell you that my opening day was a little less eventful. I spent the first part of the day with my dad. We were working on the exterior of my house with this addition project that we're doing. We have an addition on our house, and it just feels like it's been dragging on forever. We were uh, we replaced the roof, and <clears throat> we were replacing the siding and everything else, and we're, we're getting close to seeing the home stretch of the outside portion of our house project wrapped up. And I spent the, the first part of the day doing that, 
And then my wife went to field hockey, and I watched the kids. And then when she got home and could take over the kids, I went back to helping my dad with stuff and did that until basically right up until quarter of seven on Saturday evening. But you know what? It's all worth it. If we get that done before the bulk of the fall, I will be happy. You know, I'll sacrifice it. It, it hurts a little bit. I'm, I am, I'm in full-blown hunt mode within my mind. But my uh, my life tells me otherwise. It doesn't seem like that's the case right now. But I did have a little bit of excitement. So I told a couple of family members and friends to keep me on call for dragging if they were successful and and got you know got something down that I'd be out to help them because I was available. And I got a call at 6:51, and my cousin Jacob he. Uh, shot he called me and when i when he got the call and i looked at him I'm like this has to be the call and i called him i said you pick the phone up and i'm like you have better be giving me the call that you just shot one he's like absolutely i could hear it in his voice he was jacked up and he shot a buck he shot a nice eight pointer dropped what i was doing put my boots on grabbed my flashlight and my knife and went on down it took me like 25 minutes to get to where he was hunting and helped him go find his deer and he he said let's go look at the last place i saw it and the last place he saw it it was laying there dead it was perfect he smoked it it was his first archery buck he's ever killed it was also the biggest buck that he's ever killed it was a really nice eight pointer about 16 17 inches wide decent beams nice time like that i posted a picture on my instagram if you follow me maybe you saw it but that was uh, really exciting i was complete i was so jacked up for him um <coughs> the the uh, reality of me getting out before my big hunt next week is probably slim to none. I'm probably not going to get out until next Monday, next week. Um, this coming weekend, going to be hopefully finishing up the outside of the house. There's one more portion that we have to do, button that up. And uh, I'll, again, we're sac- I'm sacrificing another Saturday. But hey, I've got the help. My, my dad and I got a good good buddy that's going to help me and I got to take full advantage of that so we'll get that done button that up cross that off my list and then hopefully that means I can shift gears into hunting mode and I'm shifting gears and I'm, I'm going to be kicking my hunting season off this year in New Jersey uh, I've, I've said it before and some of you guys know this that I've been on a bear kick I've been doing a bunch of scouting in the state of New Jersey at some places and uh, I'm really optimistic. I put a cell camera out, and I was real excited. I was getting daily pictures of bear, a lot of them in daylight, some good mature ones. And of course, the the last you know last week sometime, I was getting a picture. In the last video I got, I could hear a bear in the tree. You know, I put my camera up about one stick, so it was about seven feet up, angled down, and I could hear the bear in the tree. And it happened before the cubs cubs of some of these sows would climb up the tree. And the last one I got, I could hear him scratching into bark, and then I got no more pictures. I thought, I'll tell me that they ruined my camera. And I was down last week, and the camera's still there. They did not break the camera. However, they ripped the antenna out. They broke the antenna. The threads are busted off inside of it. And that was enough to give me poor service, and it won't send any more pictures. But I just left the camera there. I got my tree prepped uh, where I'm going to sit. 
I'm going to be using a saddle. I'm, I'm not big into saddle hunting. I'm fairly new to it, but it seemed like a good tool for this. We're going to have a, a pretty long walk and thick, you know, thick access. And it seems like the less I pack in with this two sticks, two, uh, two stick system that I'm using, I made it, I'm taking two sticks, uh, made them quieter with some duct tape and put a two-step aider on them. With two sticks, I can get up about 14, 15 feet. However, the tree I picked, I'm going to be less than that. I'm probably going to be somewhere between 8 and 10 feet off the ground in this tree that I picked. But it should be perfect. I'm hoping I can hide well, and I'm going to sit there all day the first day, uh, which is, like I said, Monday, <clears throat> opening day. And I can also shoot uh, a deer. Um, I have a buck tag and a doe tag, I believe. And that's exciting, too, because when we were scouting this past weekend, we saw a, a dandy buck. Um, it was, uh, there was a group of three buck in this one little pocket of woods at the corner of this lake. And, uh, when we, I, I was watching the spike buck and that was the direction we had to go. So I just busted them out. And of course, when we did that, the spike buck took off and behind them was two more buck. One was a two year old eight pointer, not that impressive behind that was probably a 135 to 140 inch eight pointer it was a giant deer we got a great look he stopped on the ridge i was looking at him in the binoculars he was turning his head i could see mass i could see tine length i'm like holy cow that's a that's a dandy buck so you know i'm optimistic i my goals i just want to shoot a mature bear with my bow i'm going to shoot the first one that gets me excited and i hope that that uh that that I hope that happens. We're going to see it's hunting. You never know. Bear hunting's unpredictable, but I feel really good about this spot. I've been seeing a lot of bear. I've had multiple different ones on my camera. Um, <clears throat> bunch of my scouting trips, I've seen bear on the scouting trips. The one in one day, I saw, but somewhere between six and nine different bear. A lot of those were sows with cubs, but I'm uh, I'm pretty jacked up about that. So, with bear on in mind. I wanted to do an episode leading into our early bear season because we've got the Jersey season opening the 9th that runs from the 9th to the 14th and then starting the 14th uh, to the 21st we've got muzzleloader bear season also archery bear season opening in Pennsylvania. It'll close on the 21st with the muzzleloader but it'll go for another two weeks after that with the bow. And a lot of people, I'm amazed how many people reach out to me and say they want to hear more bear hunting. They want to hear more bear hunting. They want to learn more about that. Well, let me be the first to tell you, it is hard to find people who eat, sleep, and breathe bear hunting. And then when you do, it is also hard to have somebody that is willing to speak openly on a podcast and talk about it. And I get it because you, you work your tail off for a bear, and it can be uh, it can be a little bit... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Maybe a little bit uh, put a bad taste in somebody's mouth to give away the secrets. It's, you know, it's just like anything else, I guess. Um, but I have a guy in mind, and this week our guest is Jay Lyon. You know, Jay was on the show last year when New Jersey opened their, uh, their, hunt their bear hunting season back up under emergency action in December. And now he's back on again, and Jay is somebody who he just loves to hunt. But I think of everything that he does on the hunting aspect, bear hunting is the thing that he loves. He sleeps and breathes. He's killed, I don't know how many black bear. 
in New Jersey and Pennsylvania. I believe he might have even killed a few in New York. He's done it with multiple different weapons. He's done it with bait in Jersey, without bait in Jersey and other states. Um, he's just out there. He's a, he's somebody who spends time in the woods, and I wanted to pick his brain because he's doing it most of the time on a solo mission or just with a few people. And he's a he's a woodsman. He's he's calling out food sources and he's putting on boot leather. So we're gonna get his perspective on how to handle bear hunting in the Northeast. And it, this is a great episode. There'll be uh, there was a couple things that I picked up on in our conversation that uh, I, I I've overlooked or didn't think about from his angles. And I really hope that I can put that to good use this this fall um you know like i said the first two days in jersey i'm going to be taking the bow i'm hoping i get it done if not i'll go back down towards the end of the week if i would be lucky enough to get it done early and be tagged out in new jersey i'm probably going to turn around come back home in pennsylvania and i don't have anything that i am real excited about from a whitetail hunting perspective yet in pennsylvania so there's a good chance that i am going to take my bow or take my muzzleloader and go hunt some areas that I've got pins on or I scouted earlier or maybe even some places that I've always wanted to go to and just take a walk and venture out and go for a bear hunt. We'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not sure, but I am excited. So I hope you guys are staying safe and enjoying uh, your time this fall. Yeah, we're in the we're in the thick of it now, guys. Before we get to this episode with Jay, real quick, I just want to give a shout out to our partners, Radix Hunting, guys. That is the trail camera that I am using this fall. I'm using a couple of M Core cell cameras. I really like those. I was sharing them with my my hunting buddies. I've got three hunting buddies that we're going to Jersey with, and I've been I put a Radix M Core out. I'm just getting a ton of really great bear videos. I was sending them on Instagram, but I was sending them to my buddies, and they kept asking me what cameras are you using and they're they're radix and like man those images are really really good and i agree the image quality on radix cameras whether it's the the gen series or the m cores really really good i cannot say enough positive things about those cameras i also using a bunch of stick and pick trail camera accessories trail camera mounts that you can put into a tree i've got a couple of the tripod mounts on some food plots right now like I said, can't say enough good things about them. I got a couple of their tree stands out. I'm using a couple hang-ons. And I've always been a big hang-on guy. I was really happy with the way that they set in the trees. They were quiet. The sticks were extremely quiet and sturdy. I was really happy with those. They've also got Monarch hunting blinds. So check out Radix Hunting. I, it's definitely worth your time. The, the, the cost of their cameras is extremely competitive ending on the market and the use and function is as good as anything I've used, and that's the honest truth. And I also want to give our shout-out to Huntworth, guys, the, uh, the clothing company that keeps you warm, keeps you dry, keeps you feeling good, and at a fraction of the cost compared to a lot of the, the competition. It, this is a Pennsylvania-based company. A lot of you guys don't even realize that, and they've been out since early 2000s. And they have a line of early season lightweight all the way up to their heat boost technology heavyweight late season clothing um, it's versatile i'm currently using the tarnin pattern i've got uh, for my early season setup i've got their their early season hoodie 
and the Durham pants. That's probably what I'm going to wear when I'm bear hunting. But I've also got for the midweight stuff, I've got my Elkins midweight top and bottom layer. And I wore that in turkey season in the, in the, the, the cooler part of the, the turkey season. Really was happy with that. I think that's going to take me through the majority, if not all, of archery season. And then I'll run into some heat boost stuff. But you could probably get two or, you know, one or two different sets of a, of a lightweight slash midweight and a midweight slash heavyweight and get you through the entire season and you won't be spending a ton of money relative to what's on the market. Really, really great stuff. I encourage you to check out Huntworth. And with that, guys, let's get to this week's episode with Jay Lyon. Good deal. So, hey, joining me today on today's show, uh, return guest, somebody I was, I've been after for a while because he's a pretty interesting guy. I've been been uh, pretty blessed to pick his brain and and uh, learn a few things from him. And I wanted to have him back on the show. And that's Jay Lyon. Uh, Jay, thanks for making it happen. Hey, thanks for having me back. You've been a busy guy here lately. You kind of got your hand, like you got iron in multiple fires right now. I know this time of year, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you're busy with uh, with salmon fishing in New York, right? Correct. Uh, my fiance and I, we own a salmon camp up in Pulaski, New York. And this time of the year is when the salmon leave the lake and they come into the tributaries to spawn. And that brings the fishermen in. So we're quite busy. We're quite busy at camp right now. So we're back and forth, and uh, we're trying to run our bear baits in New Jersey, and uh, yeah, we're, be pu- we're we're being pulled in uh, every which direction. Yeah, that's usually the way it goes. And you, you you touched on what I wanted to really pick your brain on tonight. Uh, you brought up bear hunting, and I've said this before on my show, and I said it to you off the air and stuff like that. Like I, I've been a deer hunter my whole life, but I've gone bear hunting my whole life. But I still I still wouldn't consider myself a bear hunter, and I'm trying to to learn and I've I've made it a point that my goal this year is I'm going to put bear as my priority and I'm going to do the best I can between New Jersey and Pennsylvania to try to wrap a tag around a bear specifically with my bow but uh, you're you're somebody who uh, I, I feel like in talking with you bear hunting has always been towards the top of your list yeah I uh, I came into bear hunting a little late but um, I'll tell you what it's addicting and I really enjoy hunting them. I, you know, I, I've learned that every bear is an individual and I'm still learning myself and, uh, just getting out there and exploring and, uh, you know, watching mother nature and, and watching those, the bears mannerisms, you know, when you're out in the field and seeing what they do, how do they react to different things and whatnot is it's fun, you know? Well, to say the least. So you're from New Jersey. Tell me a little bit about cutting your teeth on bear hunting, like your introduction and what really made you tick. Like, was there any anything that really was like, man, this is this is what I want to spend my time focusing in on and doing? Well, growing up, I came from a big upland pheasant hunting family. Uh, my grandfather and my father, we all hunted Pennsylvania, Pike County, Pennsylvania, Sussex County, New Jersey, uh, you know, right along the Delaware River there. So I was blessed that way. And nobody in my family bear hunted. And it was always something that intrigued me. So probably in my early 20s, I said, you know what, let me get a Pennsylvania bear tag and go out and hunt. You know, what do I have to lose? So um, <laughs> my first day out hunting, I shoot a 407 pounder, you know, that, that, that made Boone and Crockett. I mean, how do you, 
you know, how can that not be interesting, wow. you know, to get, get the addiction rolling, you know? So, you know, ever since then, I just, uh, I've been fixated on bears. And then, you know, back then we didn't have a New Jersey bear hunt and now we do. And, you know, being from New Jersey and all, you know, our regulations over on that, on that side of the river, are a little different from Pennsylvania's, you know, we're allowed to bait and, uh, you know, it just it makes it a little bit more interesting, you know. It makes it a little bit more interesting, and I'm learning a little bit more, um, you know, every time I'm out there in the bear woods. Well, and like, like with whitetail hunting, I think whenever I think back to some of the big learning experiences I've had, it all, it all comes with experience, right? And I feel like when you hunt in target-rich environments for deer, you can learn things a little bit quicker just because – you know, obviously more numbers, more experience, it speeds the process up. I mean, take into account people who hunt big woods, white tails and see, you know, they might sit for days on end before they see a single deer, you know, that amount of experience to, to solidify what you believe from a scouting and hunting perspective, it takes longer to accrue that knowledge and reassurance. And I think about it from a bear's perspective, bear hunting, like in Pennsylvania, we average killing about 3000 bears a year or so, give or, sometimes it's more, out of 200 plus thousand bear hunters. I mean, the percentage in your chances of actually killing one are very, very low. And and to do it on a consistent basis, anybody who does it on a consistent basis, man, my hats are off to them because that impresses me. And I think there's certain things that people that just hone in on bear hunting really notice. But I, I wanted to ask you this question in your mind, what does a good bear hunter look like? Like, like you, you think about people who go hunting versus are hunters, and, and from the from the spec, scope of bear hunting, like what makes a good bear hunter? Oh, what makes a good bear hunter? You know, that's a tough one to answer. You know, it's it's. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like hunting big whitetail bucks, you know. I'm not a big whitetail, whitetail deer hunter. I mean, I do hunt deer, um, religiously, but, you know, big black bears are just, you know, they're very smart, you know, especially, you know, you get them on the Pennsylvania side where baiting isn't permitted and you got to really get in there. You got to know your animals, you know, and you got to find their food source and, uh, you know, when I have a new hunter, a new bear hunter come to me and say, hey, listen, what can I do to better my odds? What can I do? I said, you know what? Get out there in the field in the early seasons. You know, do some small game hunting. You know, hunt hunt other game and do your scouting then. You know, um, up like pheasant hunters, you know, they're always in the cornfields and bears that time of the year, October. You know, they're they're starting to slow down and they're starting to try to bulk up you know, get ready for that long winter. So you're out there speaking to those hunters, you know, and, and, and they run into the bears and they run, you know, when they're out there with their dogs and, you know, they run into the, uh, the sign. So, you know, that's basically a good start, you know, and just, uh, you know, being out there and, and, you know, just figuring them out. You know, I mean, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I'll ever figure out a bear. Like I said, everyone's an individual Everyone has a different taste, you know, in their mouth for whatever it is that they're, they're, they're looking for. 
If you're looking to simplify your food plot system while enhancing the quality of your soil, you need to check out Vitalize Seed Company. Vitalize provides top quality seed blends designed to fit into their 1-2 planting system. The system has been designed to allow highly diverse plant species to grow synergistically, optimizing nutrient uptake and cycling the way God intended. Reduce your inputs, build your soil, and maximize the quality tonnage for the wildlife in your area. Find out more about this system and get your seed at vitalizeseed.com and be sure to check them out on Instagram and Facebook. Well, one thing that I really didn't, you know, over the years hunting, and I think back, like, if I'd have known then what I know now moving forward, like, the years I spent bear hunting, I've, I've, was, you know, hunting in a camp, and I still do to this day, hunt with a camp with a group of guys and make drives in areas that, you know, have thick cover, have terrain and things that on paper should hold bear. But, I mean, I've gone through years where we'll see and kill no bear, and then there's years that we, you know, I feel like we can't let a laurel or a rhododendron bush unturned without there potentially being a bear behind it. And I understood that, you know, there were years where acorn crops in that area that I hunt fluctuated, but never really putting two and two together that how much of an impact that has on the volume or the concentration of bear until, um, number one, I started talking to other people and talking to people like yourself. And then, you know, I also had a conversation with the Pennsylvania bear biologist and her shedding light on the home range of a bear versus a whitetail. Like I just realized starting out, I was, I was putting myself in too much of a headlock and not covering ground. Like I was, I was too, like I was, I had that whitetails hunting mindset, like, oh, I'm probably within a one to three square mile radius of where I want to kill this buck. Right. And it, it's, it's zooming out is the hardest thing for me. Uh, or the, the biggest leap I had, so to speak. So like on an average year for you, Jay, like when you hunt, whatever you do, I mean, do you try to cover a lot of ground in order to hone in on where you want to hunt? Yeah, I, re- I really don't try to cover a lot of ground. I try to cover quality ground. I'll go to those food sources. Uh, you know, living in this, in the tri-state area my entire life, um, you know, I kind of have a benefit of knowing the locations where these bears will be going, you know, to try to bulk up a little bit, bulk up on their fat for the winter. So, you know, like this year, we're kind of light on acorns in the area. So I'm looking into the corn now. So mm-hmm. there's a lot, you know, if, if you find a good corn source, you know, say like um, down in the Delaware Water Gap National Recreation Area in uh, Pike County, Monroe County, um, Units 3D, you know, there's a lot of corn and the bears like to hold up in that corn, you know, and, and as long as they're not bothered, they'll sit there and gorge themselves, you know, and they don't, they don't need to travel, you know, they can, uh, they can, um, you know, reserve that energy and just sit there and feed, you know? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So let me ask you this, since you talked about corn and acorns, I mean, those are, you know, one's an agricultural crop, one's a, one's a natural food source. Like, when you think about food sources, do you have, and, and for now we're going to take baiting out of the equation just because right now we're just sticking with Pennsylvania mindset. I want to talk about baiting with you in New Jersey in a little bit here. But when you think about food sources that you key in on, like do you have a list in your mind that's like I'm going to check this off for this fall, I'm going to make sure that this one's covered? Like d- d- does that, is is that in the back of your mind throughout uh, 
food sources in the fall? Yeah, I mean, I know I know some locations on public land that have apple, have old apple orchards. They have pear trees, and and I know where the, the heavy acorns um, should be. So, in the beginning of the season, I'll, I'll go and I'll look in those areas, and, and I'll see what you know, see what you know, what what's out there. You know, what, what should I be targeting? You know, and and like this year, you know, we do have a lot of apples and we do have a lot of pears, but the acorns are very light, so. And like I said, and with the corn, the corn's always readily available to them. So, mm-hmm. you know, you want to be, you, I want to target those areas because I know those bears, you know, it's, as I always say, as sure as shit, as clear as day, those bears will be in those areas. You know, they, they, they won't, you know, they'll be there. Right. So it's you it's find all that matter of food you, concentration. You, right. Yeah. You, I mean, you can go there any time of the day. You can find fresh scat on the ground, you know, and uh, like I said, they'll be there. Right, and I I think just making sure you're covering food sources is important. Now, like I was out in July, I was out in August, I'm, I'm spending time in the month of September, and I'm looking at those food sources. And one thing that I, I – have noticed when I look at scat, like the food sources from different times of the year change. I mean, you're going to have summertime where you've got berries are plentiful. And when those run out, you're going to run into other sources where um, the, the food sh- source is shifting. So like in my mind, and tell me if you think I'm thinking of this wrong, like I haven't really put a whole lot of stock into scouting food sources other times of the year it seems to me as though the the best information for bear hunting is going to be the most recent close to the season as far as food sources change i mean is is that am i am, do you agree or disagree with that i i absolutely agree with that because you know bears you know when i look at a bear I, you know bears are opportunists you know and and they know what they need to do before the winter comes and if they don't have to exert a lot of energy and there's a, a valuable food source in the area, they're going to hang tight, you know. So this time of the year, if they find something that they don't have to travel far to or they're in a safe corridor, you know, they're, they're going to hold up in that general area. And they're going to keep utilizing that until they're driven out, you know, either by, you know, other hunters targeting other game, you know, or if they just don't feel safe. So, you know. I like to go into those areas, but I don't like to, you know, trample those areas, as I would say, you know. Right. So I don't want to give I don't want to give those areas too much attention. You know, if I see quality sign, you know, then I know they're there and the food is there, you know. Right. So are you basically am I gathering that like scouting from the fringe is kind of how you would approach that, like from the outside looking in to see what's there? Yeah, you know, I'll I'll go in. I'll go into the certain locations, uh, probably like around this time of the year, and I'll say, "Hey, listen, that tree plentiful with acorns. That apple tree, that pear tree, looks great." And then you, you know, you can see the limbs snapped off of the fruit trees. You know, you can see the scat on the ground. You know, in the general area, so you know the bears are targeting those areas, and you know that's a really good solid area to be. You know. So, like, when you think about bear scouting, like, you obviously you talked about scat. Are there any other things that you're really trying to hone in on, like, 
detail-wise from scouting. I mean, I think about whitetails, tracks, scat, you know, rubs, scrapes, things like that stand out. There's a couple different rays. It seems like it's more narrowed for bear. Are there other things that you look for? Yeah, actually, when I'm traveling some of the roads in Pennsylvania, I'll look at telephone poles. So, I don't know, like up in Pike County, you're driving down some of the, the remote roads. If you look at a telephone pole, you, bears, for some reason, are very attracted to tel- telephone poles, and they'll scratch the hell out of it. And, and you can actually see fresh sign, you know, um, quite often on, on, on those uh, general areas. And, you know, that could be, you know, just a marker for the bear, you know, his general area that he's hanging out in, you know, and, and other bears come by and they, uh, they mark that tree with their scent as well or that telephone pole. But, you know, telephone poles are a big thing for me and people think I'm nuts, but next time you're out driving around, take a look at a telephone pole, especially if you're in a remote area in bear country, you know? Mm, that's interesting. I've never heard, I don't know if I've ever heard anybody say anything like that. I actually posted a photo on my Facebook page, uh, a couple of days ago, I was um, I was back in New Jersey. I was doing some deer hunting because our deer season opened in uh, some of our units. And I was out hunting, and I came upon a telephone pole, and it was really destroyed by bear. And there's, you know, bear fur in the pole where it was rubbing. And uh, he really did a number on it. Wow. But that's, you know, kind of like what I'm talking about. Right. So, you know, thinking about food sources. So let, let's uh, let's stick with, like, big woods, hardwoods that have, you know, have certain, certain, uh, mass crops or things like that, that are going to hold bear. Um, there, there's places that I've hunted where it's a dominant oak forest and it's not really, um, it's not really swayed one way or other from a vegetation type standpoint. It's just solid oaks. And the years that those acorns are really good, obviously they hold bear, but I find like if you're trying to hunt by yourself, even if you're hunting with a gun, but hunting with a bow or a gun by yourself trying to tag a bear, sometimes it's a little bit like daunting with the size of some of these pieces of public land in order to, to know what's my right way of tackling this with food everywhere. So w- with that in mind, when you run into those years, like how are you approaching? Are you looking at terrain in any case in point, or what? What's your 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 play then? Well, what I do is I don't really have too many too much big woods where I hunt. It's mostly swamps um, and uh, and whatnot. So what I do is, you know, I'll it's it's you know in the swamps and in the cornfields you can see where the bears come in and out religiously. You know, bears. In my opinion, bears are lazy. They like to travel the easiest route possible. So if there's a trail, most likely they're going to follow it. And, uh, you know, pinch points, you know, stuff like that. But like I said, bears like, they like thick cover. They, they like to be, you know, in my opinion, bears like to be, you know, protected. You know, they, they like to have that, you know, those, those laurels, those hemlocks. Um, they like to be in the swamp. You know, especially this time of year with the heat and whatnot. But, uh, you know, they like protection. They want to feel safe. So I always look for those thick covers, those thick patches, mm. you know, up in the barberries. They like, they like, you know, hanging out in the barberry bushes, you know, cause they're quite thick. They'll get right under there, you know, and they'll, they'll roll up and you'll never see them, you know, during the daytime. It is amazing how they can hide from that. So speaking of swamps, <clears throat> in your mind, is, is there, one like is it does is there 
a grading system for quality of use for bear of a swamp like does one swamp have a better advantage over another swamp for any particular reason some kind of characteristic that says this is probably better for bear than this or are all swamps created equal i think it's access i think if the bear can access it um and it, it's like a difficult access for the bear i think he kind of feels safe I, you know as long as people you know hunters aren't you know and through there on a regular basis, you know, and it's kind of remote. I kind of, you know, I kind of feel that the bear feels safe and, you know, he, he can go to and from his feeding area, you know, and especially in the, in the late season, you know, they don't want to really travel too far. They don't want to exert that energy. Mm. They want to conserve that fat, you know, so, you know, they're going to be in the thickest cover possible, you know, but right. they're going to be close to their food close to their food source right as close as, but, as possible right closest closest as possible that, that's correct gotcha okay and does so pressure is one of the things that i want to talk about we're still we're still talking about right now i still want to talk about early season a little bit um so Let's uh, let's take acorns out of the equation. Let's take natural mass crops out of the equation right now. You know, you you'd brought up earlier that what you're seeing, you're not seeing a ton of acorns and this and that. But uh, you're, you know, we'll switch to cornfields. So, corn's obviously a, a great thing. But I've said this from the agricultural standpoint since I'm an agronomist. Like agriculture is feast and then it's famine. Like the minute that stuff comes off, uh, the the table is just swept clean and it changes things. So. You know, corn that's taken for for grain, you know, that might stay, you know, throughout out October into November. <clears throat> Chop for silage, though, it might be gone <clears throat> gone this month, and it's and it's there. So, like, what's your play if a field for some reason is taken early? Like, let's say you're doing scouting in September, and man, these bear are hitting this cornfield, and it's just loaded with bear and bear sign, and then you go two weeks before the season to do some scouting and the, the cornfield is gone. It's harvested. Um, how do you how do you adjust from that? What's your play in that situation? Well, what I typically do is I'll go back to the areas that had heavier acorns. I know you didn't want to talk about acorns, but I'll go back to the areas that had heavy, heavy acorns earlier in the season. And what they'll do is they'll, they'll root up the ground looking for them, mm. you know, and, and I'll really target those areas hard. And we have killed bears uh, in that fashion. And uh, it, you know it works, right? And I like that you bring bring the acorns back up, just because you you just talked about how you shifted food sources, and that's probably important because you're you're trying to adapt. Yeah, yeah, just like the bear, you know, he's trying to adapt, and they're getting ready. You know, they're getting ready to slow down. Come November, December, you know, you know, especially that you know the sows. I mean, the sows that are that are pregnant, you know, kind of should be denned up by then. But, uh, you know, the, the other bears, I mean, if there's food out there, you know, they'll, they'll be out there scouring as well. Yeah, one of the things that I'm struggling with from an archery hunting perspective, so I've been scouting some areas and I found areas with bear in them, but I'm really struggling to decide how am I going to approach my 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 stand placement. I'm, 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 I think I have an idea of how I'm going to access the area that's not going to be too much from a disturbance standpoint, but I'm really 
trying to say, hey, if I have X wind direction or Y wind direction, how do I want to orient my stand location? Do I want to be closer to food? Do I want to be closer to bedding? Do I want to try to find something that's in between? And the other thing that's tough, too, is it seems like outside of the food sources, it's all bedding. It's really hard to to, to pinpoint down a, a specific area where they're coming from. So if you're not hunting over a baited site and you're hunting just, you know, open ground like I'm talking about, how do you approach um, stand hunting in that situation? Well, I personally don't hunt from tree stands. Okay. Um, I kind of just sit on the ground and I just move around here and there. But, uh, you know, I would, I, would, I would locate a spot where you think a, a great travel corridor would be because bears don't like to be out in the open. You know, they, they want, they want some kind of protection from the elements. You know, I mean, they're, you know, it's just somewhere where there's a lot of cover, a pinch point, maybe, mm. you know, and I kind of, I really don't worry about the wind when I'm bear hunting, especially, you know, up in Pike County, you know, it's surrounded by communities. The bears are used to people. They're used to being around people, you know, so, you know, the, the scent, the scent, you know, of a human is, is really not, you know, a red flag as much to them. Interesting. You know? Interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't even give that really much of a thought. I mean, I, I had an interaction. I told, I think I told you this through text when I was scouting. I, I did have a an encounter with a, a sow that had cubs, and I chased her. And when she came back, she, you know, she called the cubs, and then she came back. And she made me a little nervous. It was the first time I ever got nervous by a bear, but I was thinking about it afterwards. You know, it's a South Cubs. You know, they're they're a little bit a uh, little bit more protective, so to speak. But uh, where I was scouting, I was in New Jersey, and they hadn't been hunted. You know, correct me if I'm wrong. They haven't been hunted for basically three years. So I would have to think that their fear of humans is a little bit reduced compared to normal. Yeah, they you know especially bears and. I mean, bears in New Jersey, especially up towards where I hunt. I mean, the bears on the Jersey side, the Pennsylvania side, to me, they're all the same bears. Right. You know, I've, you know, they swim that, that Delaware River every day, all day long, you know, back and forth, depending on where the great food source is that day. But, you know, what I've done in the past and, you know, people are going to say, Oh, that, you know, that's not ethical or whatever. But, you know, like, Pennsylvania, especially in Pike County, there's a lot of communities. And those communities are surrounded by federal land and they're surrounded by state forests. Well, you know, you get in those state forests, you, you know, you can find trails, you know, game trails, especially bear trails, you know, leading into those communities. And, and those bears aren't stupid. They know exactly when garbage day is. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, believe it or not. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it's, you know, you have to keep a, you know, a respectable distance between the, uh, you know, the community and the game lands. But, you know, like, I mean, bear, you know, these bears are traveling, you know, they're right. in and out of these communities constantly and they're problem bears, you know, that they don't care about the human scent. They don't care about, you know, you know, you walking around in their, in their area, you know, so you get out there and, you, you know, you, just do a lot of scouting you know a lot of especially especially around those communities you know you know where, where you can you know yeah and you know what's amazing to me jay like so 
trying to figure out who I wanted to have on as a guest for bear hunting. That's a good bear hunter. One thing I've learned is the bear hunting community is way more of a tight-lipped community than the whitetail hunting community. And there's a lot of people that don't want to share all their deer hunting secrets and their their big buck secrets and and stories and stuff like that. I, and I'm and I respect that too, but it seems to be amplified with with bear hunting. But one thing I will say when it comes to finding out information is uh, and you brought this up earlier in our conversation, like getting information from other hunters that aren't bear hunters, like that's an awesome way to, to, to learn something. Like I had a conversation with, with, an, uh, with a guy, uh, that I had on the show here and, and he's a big time deer hunter, big time scatter. And I, I asked him before we, uh, before we hung up, I said, Hey, by the way, in your travels, um, are you seeing any bear in your, in your travels this year? Like, what's it like this year compared to last year? And, and they're deer hunters. They don't care. They, they, they want nothing to do with bear and they'll, they'll tell you all kinds of information. And if you're looking to kill your first bear, like that's big, especially if it relates to an area that you hunt. I just wanted to, to throw that in there. Cause I thought what you talked about with the community things is really thinking outside the box from not just a, a scouting perspective, but, but also like gathering information from other hunters or the non-hunting community yeah absolutely i mean honestly you know just getting out there and collecting information like you know i, I know some of the people in the communities you know they're disgusted because you know no i mean these bears are breaking into their garages they're breaking into their their, their garbage you know no matter what they do it's just it's you know it's, it's just it's endless you know because if the bear wants it the bear's going to get it you know and uh so you get out there you listen, you speak to these guys, women, you know, these families and, you know, these, these people will tell you exactly, you know, yeah, I got a bear coming in and, you know, they're a problem bear and he comes out of the Delaware state forest. Well, you know, if you find the trail that the bear is traveling, you know, and they will travel the same trail, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, you get out there, you know, a good, you know, quarter mile or so. And, uh, you know, then, you know, it's fair game. Right. Right. So, you know, I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it doesn't, it doesn't sound ethical and it, it's not considered baiting. I mean, you, you know, especially in Pennsylvania, cause I know how, you know, they, they like to, you know, baiting is prohibited, but you know, you get out there, you know, in the middle of the, you know, those, some of those woods are vast out there and you find a good, good solid trail that the bears are coming into the urban areas. You stick on those trails, you'll definitely find it. You'll encounter a bear. And I, I think that's a great point you bring up because that is a very gray area. I've heard horror stories, and I think it's kind of the whisper down the alley type thing, but stories of, you know, people killing bears and then where the bear was killed. There was there was it was tracked back to a location, you know, miles away where there was camps that were feeding and this and that. And it seemed and it sounds like it was almost entrapment for a hunter. And I, again, I don't know how true they are, but you know, being miles away in an area that has bear, but there's a, there's a, a baited area far away. Or in, in your case, you're talking about here, you're talking about communities and, and trash and stuff. Like, I think there's, there's probably merit that somebody under the, the, the law or game warden stuff could probably make a case for that. So, I mean, I want to keep that in everybody's ear. I don't, I don't know the logistics of all how that works. I just look at that exactly how you said it. It's, it is a food source they're using. You're not putting it out there. You're not sitting over it. You're just using it for movement patterns to your advantage. And from what my interpretation, I don't think that's illegal, but you know, I guess keep that in mind. I, I don't know. 
Well, I always told, you know, I, I have I have a lot of friends up in Pennsylvania, and they live in a lot of these private communities. And I said, well, what days do you typically see the majority of your bears on? And the response I get is, I really don't see them much during the uh, during the week, but this, but the day that the garbage goes out, they're everywhere. Mm. Those bears know, you know, that they hear the they hear the truck, and you might think that's weird, but if they hear that. You know, that truck backing up, I mean, they know. They're not, I mean, you know, they're, they're like I said, they're creatures of habit. They know, you know, they can be out there and, hey, today's garbage day. Let's go get some trash, you know. And like I said, if you're a good distance away, you know, from these communities and you do your scouting and, you know, you know, you, you can find the trails that they're traveling to get to these locations. Right. Now, do you think, like, at what point throughout, you know, as fall goes on, things slow down, um, the distance they travel gets shorter and hunting pressure increases. Like, do, do you find that there's a time throughout the hunting season where things will really just, the, the brakes will just really, really pump hard and you won't have that same uh, bears everywhere kind of feeling like you have when food's in abundance in August and September, maybe even into October? Like, how, how like, I guess throughout the, the, the process of the fall, like, when do you start to see things shift in bear or do you and like when does that happen i guess i usually see it like around the second week of november like right around the second week of november right kind of like right smack in the middle when pennsylvania rifle bear starts Mm. um you know like right around that that time i i see a change in the bears you know that i don't you know they're really kind of like not really moving much you know they're you know they're feeding but they're just you know, they're, they're not moving far, you know, where, you know, basically kind of like where they're going to be is where they're going to be. So do you think, do you have to switch? Do, oh, let me, let me ask it differently. Do you switch your mindset or your approach and how you hunt them from the beginning of the bear season to the end of the bear season with that in mind? Well, first off, I pray for snow because that's always a benefit to us bear hunters, mm. you know, that way we can get out there and we can do a little spot and stalk or we can, you know, a little still hunting, you know, and, uh, you know, look and see if we can cut a bear track and, you know, hope it's a fresh one. So, you know, I always, I always hope for a little snow in November. That always makes the hunt a little bit more, you know, a little bit more special. So, right. To follow that bear track. Without that available to you, though, because Lord knows we haven't been getting snow the past few years like we normally have in the past, um, do you find yourself getting closer or or like getting tighter to thick cover than than normal? Or do you always try to find yourself really, really in thick, nasty stuff regardless of the time of year for bear? Yeah, you know, I try try to get in that thickest, nastiest cover as possible, Um, you know, during during the bear season and that's what those bears like and you know especially in the late season you know you get into that thick you know those those hemlocks and those those laurels uh barberry bushes you know the swamps you know anywhere where there's a there's a lot of you know a lot of cover that that's where you want to go that's where those bears are going to be you know blow downs you know loggings logging areas with a lot of trees down you know a lot of people think that the bears you know they dig a they dig a den and that's where they sleep well that's not always the case you know they'll 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 make a nest right on top of the ground and blow downs right out in the open 
you know, all winter. You know, they'll even have their cubs in areas like that, you know, the sows will. The, the thing that gets me, though, is some of the areas that I look at and think, man, that's got to hold bear. Sometimes they're so thick, it's almost like it's impenetrable. <laughs> I don't even know how to successfully hunt it. I mean, I've, I've, you end up crawling on your hands and knees through places, and I think, how is it, how am I going to get to a point where I can get a visual on a bear before this sucker hears me and is gone? Yeah, I mean, you know what it is? I, I always chalk it up to this is luck. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. you know, bear hunting comes down to just the luck, being at the right place at the right time. And, you know, just, you know, if you think a bear is going to be there because of what you, you know, you know, what you know, you know, of, you know, how bears, you know, are, you know, during that time of the year, you're probably correct. You know, there's probably a bear in there. Right. You know, I've, I've hunted. I've hunted areas where the uh, switchgrass, you know, is taller than me. I'm six foot five. You know, this stuff is way above my head, and I knew I knew there was bears in there. But what are the odds of finding them? You know, they're not going to move unless you step right on top of them. Mm. Yeah, talk about uh, a yeah, talk about a uh, a high uh, high adrenaline potential situation when you're stalking in that close i mean i've been there where i've kicked them up really close and it always gets excited when they take off but it, it is tough and there's there's really no great answer for it in my mind either but that's kind of why i wondered, wondered your perspective on it just because it is it is a tricky animal to hunt when we're talking about that that later part of the year yeah you know i just say get out there cover ground look for the signs you know look, look for the signs get in that thick cover well, let me ask Pray you. No. Yeah, I like that. Well, let me ask you this too. So, thinking about, um, you, you know, I'm going to be hunting with the bow, and I'm I'm going to be doing a little bit of you know walking, and I'm planning on stand hunting. How do you feel from bear hunting as far as time of day? I mean, it, it's been shown in a lot of studies. You know, a lot of game is are not you know crepuscular morning and evening. But I noticed that other states, there's a lot of places that they don't hunt bear in the mornings, which I never understood that. So, like, in, in your hunting experience and the stuff, like, do you have a, a preference one way or the other, morning or evening? And do you gravitate to one location as far as, like, closer to food or closer to bedding um, morning or evening? Like, how do you approach that? Well, I'm a firm believer just being out there, you know. You just get out there and you hunt all day, dark to dark. That's that's what I do. Mm. And I've had a pretty good success rate. I've killed, you know, bears in the morning. I've killed them midday, you know, mid-after, you know, late in the day. So, you know, when a bear wants to go and, you know, get up and move around, a bear is going to do it. And, you know, and if you're at the right place at the right time, then, you know, you're going to be a fortunate hunter. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of merit to that. And I, I never used to think of it because a lot of time when I deer hunt, I'm hunting the mornings and I'm hunting the evenings. Certain times of the year, I'm hunting all day. It just depends on my, my goals and my strategies and what I'm after too. But I think about that from the like the conversation we had earlier when we were talking about, um, you know, bear hunting and like the area, like the, 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 the amount of ground you want to cover. And I was putting myself in a, in a hole as far as the amount of ground I'd cover from a deer hunter's perspective. So when you think about bear hunting, I think there's, there's a lot to be said in just nothing other than buckling down and hunting hard and putting some volume into it 
to, to get out of it because, again, we're talking about an animal that has a lower population than the deer, and uh, there's just a lower success rate amongst the, the amount of hunters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, without a doubt. So you just got to be out there. You know, you can't kill them on the couch. So, mm. you know, just uh, get out there and, and you know, look, get, get in those covers. You know, get in those, those areas that are thick, find those food sources, and just hone in on that area. And sooner or later, you know, sooner or later, you know, bear will cross your path. And, you know, hopefully it's the one that you, uh, you know, you want to take and it's a successful hunt after that. Do you think a lot of people that are unsuccessful, like, I'm sure you, because you, you've talked with a lot of people and, you know, cat out of the bag in the past, you've done a little bit of guiding, you've helped a lot of other people too. Um, like, do you find that there's a, a theme, the people that are unsuccessful bear hunting over the years and what they're doing wrong, that they're not able to ever have any kind of consistency or, or ever connect? You know, I, I've spoke to young hunters and I've spoke to hunters that are a lot more experienced than myself. And, uh, you know, and they all say the same thing, you know, is you just never know when that the next world record is going to step out in front of you. So, you know, you just got to be out there and keep your fingers crossed and, uh, you know, always have that in the back of your head. And especially in our area, we have big black bears. You just, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and everybody's out there for their own reason, whether it be to fill the freezer or, you know, or put that trophy on the wall, you know. And sure. To each his own, as I say, you know. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the, the bears are definitely out there, you know, and and you got to be in it to win it, so. Right. But, I mean, I, th- I think, like, a uh, perfect example, like, I have uh, my grandfather he uh, he was he hunted bear for 45 years until he killed his first bear, and that's the only one he ever killed. And that was one thing he really wanted to do, and was was thrilled when he did it. He, we, he killed it on a on a drive. He actually the, the bear wasn't even in the drive. He was getting set up to a location. He was just happened to be walking into an area, and a, a bear was feeding on acorns, and he and he killed it. And that was an awesome awesome thing for him. But I mean, I think about him, and I think about a lot of people I've talked to over the years that have hunted for. 10 20 30 years and never killed a bear and i always scratch my head as what what's the overwhelming factor why some people struggle and then other people's figured out and i think it comes down to there's probably for a lot of younger people that get it done consistently they probably learn something early on that takes a lot of other people longer to to figure out yeah i i tell you what i chalk it up to just being lucky <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I know everybody says it. You know, they're like, well, how do you consistently harvest Pennsylvania black bears? I said, I'm just lucky. You know, I don't do much scouting, believe it or not. You know, I, I like I said, I grew up in the area, so I'm very familiar, you know, and, you know, I do some scouting, but, you know, I think it's just the luck of the draw. And well, I've been very fortunate. I definitely. very fortunate. Go ahead, Jay. I'm sorry to cut you off there. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. Um, one thing I've said when you talk about luck though, and I've said this with other good hunters too, luck follows the well-prepared. I, I, I don't see, there's very few instances where people are lucky on a consistent basis without having a lot of their T's and their I's dotted and crossed. You know, I, I think there, there's still preparation that leads you and, and when you're well-prepared, luck is in a situation where it can happen, you know? I don't think it just 
happens by dumb luck all the time. You know what I mean? So like for, for no. you know, for you, for instance, like a lot of the, 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 the stuff we were talking about and covering from food and, and scouting and then just understanding terrain, which we didn't even really talk about terrain. I mean, there's a lot of undulation in the mountains in New Jersey and Pennsylvania and stuff like, d- does that come into play at all for you at all when you're, when you're looking at ground to hunt? It, you know, I try to find really thick areas, and that's kind of like thick areas with swamps nearby. Mm. You know, food source. That's kind of like what I focus on. I don't, I don't really bother with anything else. You know, I just kind of like those three things. And you know, if the area has it, then that's where you're going to find me. You know, so it's come to the point where I actually have people drop me off in areas so they don't see my truck, other hundred. Right. <laughs> you know, so that's kind of like you know. Yeah, I like that. Well, well hey, we're uh, we're on this for a while. One other thing I want to talk about, we, we talked a lot about Pennsylvania hunting, bear hunting, just from the, the side of no bait and stuff. But Jersey bear season's open. I've been talking about it. I'm excited. I've been scouting. Um, I, I have not used this tactic this year, but I know it's a tactic that can be used, and that's that's baiting and using baits for bear hunting. And I'm, I just wanted to touch real briefly before I let you go here, like – is there any science in your mind or strategy behind bear baiting besides what you put there, but, but choosing a good bear, bear bait location? Well, like, like I said, it's kind of like in Pennsylvania. I find a nice thick area. I find a spot where I feel that the bears will be comfortable in coming out, you know, but they don't have to travel too far to get to the bait. So, and in the state of New Jersey, you're allowed to bait, but you cannot hunt within 300 feet of that bait. So you, you need to get the bears coming out and the bears, you know, they are creatures of habit. They will follow the same trail. So once you start getting them to come out to that bait, you know, you got to do your homework and you got to do it legally and be, you know, within three, you know, you can't, you can't be within 300 feet of that bait. So you got to be outside that, that general area. And then that's where you got to find your setup. I, there's, there's definitely a, a, a pattern going on down the, between ample food, thick cover, and uh, just putting your, your nose to the grindstone and, and grinding it out. And I, I think there's probably there, that's probably all there is to it. Yeah, I mean, that's basically what it comes down to. Like, bears, you know, they got to eat, you know, especially this time of the year. You know, their, their, their mode is survival, and they got to pack that fat on get them through the winter. Mm. So. Mm. Gotcha. Well, Hey, uh, before we, before we let you go, uh, I want you real quick. What is, what is one bear hunt that just sticks in your mind as one of the most exciting or most memorable bear hunts that you've had, um, over the years? Well, I'm going to say I was, I was in New Jersey. I was hunting with my best friend and, uh, I actually had killed the, we were hunting together and I killed a bear, um, first thing in the morning and probably five minutes later, another beautiful bear, uh, was on its way to the bait. My buddy killed that bear and, uh, you know, we, the bears both expired not far from each other. It was just, it was a gorgeous morning. The sun was out. Everything came into play. It was perfect. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll never forget that, you know. Mm. Never forget that, right? ever. Yeah, always going back to doing it with friends is a, you know, is a fun thing. 
And I never, and the thing is, I never seen these bears before. Both of them had blazes, and both blazes were gorgeous. So, mm. and I, and neither one of us has ever shot a bear with a blaze. So I just thought it was kind of a special, you know, kind of a special moment, you know. Real good. I mean, what are you looking forward to the most? Are you going to be targeting anything specific this year going into the season, like a like a like a, a size class or anything like that? No, we don't. I mean, New Jersey is like a management hunt, so. You know, we're out there. We're going to do our part in conservation, uh, my fiance and I. And I'm actually not going to hunt opening day. I'm going to hunt with her and, you know, let her, you know, pick where she wants to hunt. And I'm going to sit with her. And, uh, you know, and we do have a couple beautiful bears on properties, um, trouble, you know, nuisance bears. So we're hoping to take them out and give the community a little relief. So sure, that's what we're, that's what we're gunning for. And, and that's why New Jersey has this management hunt. You know, it's to uh, to weed out the nuisance bears and to, uh, you know, keep the population healthy. I like it. I like it. Man, this has been a great conversation. It's it's getting me excited. I mean, we're less than a month away from the opening day of bear season in New Jersey, and we're right around a month or a little bit over a month um, for when the Pennsylvania bear season opens uh, as, as we're having this conversation tonight. So, Jay, thanks again for for doing this with us i appreciate it and I, I hope that everybody learns something from it to hopefully fuel their fire because like i said i know there's a lot of people out there when i talk about um things on podcasts i get a lot of feedback that people want to hear more about bear hunting learn about bear hunting this and that but the, the thing is it's it's not one of those things that's as easily picked up upon as deer hunting and turkey hunting yeah absolutely and, and one more thing i want to add too is there's a lot of new uh, laws um, in the compendium this year for New Jersey bear. So I would recommend anybody going out, please read the compendium before going afield uh, because there is new regulations pertaining to the hunt. And, you know, we want to keep within that and we don't want to see our hunters jammed up. That's a great point because this is one of those things where you guys fought to get this back and now it's in place and you, you want to do it lawfully, respectfully, and doing it in a manner that when the, the bear management plan comes up for renewal again, that this can continue to happen so that you don't have these problems like you have in New Jersey with too many bears and nuisance bears and things like that. I mean, absolutely. To lose a hunt and to regain it is a big, big, it's a big win for conservationists like ourselves. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, anything else you want to leave us with before, uh, before we let you go? Absolutely. I want to wish everybody a great, uh, successful season. Be safe, shoot straight, and, uh, hey, you know, share your stories. I want to see the bears. Good good deal, good deal. Any uh, you, you mentioned a Facebook page. Is there anywhere where people can follow along with, with what you're doing? I mean, uh, I do have a Facebook page. They can follow me under Jay Lyon, uh, J-A-Y-L-Y-O-N, um, either that or River's Edge Camp in Pulaski, New York, uh, either one of those pages. Good deal. Yeah, you post, we'll a lot, post a lot of neat pictures on there, which I've appreciated looking at over, over the past uh, year or so. So, Jay, thanks again for hopping on the show. Thank you for having me.